We celebrated people that serve with a heart to serve. We celebrated people that love to serve God and love their church. And man, it was awesome. We celebrated them. We loved on them. We had a big dinner for them. And it was an incredible day because there's a lot of incredible servants of God, volunteers that love to show up all the time. Seven days a week, man, things are happening at Bethlehem Assembly of God. So many incredible things are happening at Bethlehem Assembly of God because of our volunteers. And let me just say it one more time, volunteers. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For all that you do at Bethlehem Assembly of God. But today, I actually want to talk to some people that are here today, some folks in the church today that perhaps are disconnected from volunteering. Maybe you used to volunteer at your church. Maybe you come from another church or maybe even here and you used to volunteer at your church, but you know, maybe you were hurt by the pastor. And if that's the case, please forgive me and all the pastors ever hurt you. You know, we're not perfect. And man, sometimes you get involved in things and, and it look, it feels good and you're actively involved and then something happens, you get hurt, man. But you know, those kind of things are going to happen to all of us. Some of us, you know, maybe we were involved in a church, maybe we were involved in Bethlehem, you know, assembly of God and, and, and you were working, but man, you just grew tired and weary and you got burnt out. Why? Because maybe you overcommitted yourself. And, and, and maybe you, you really, in your heart, you really wanted to do a lot of work for the kingdom of God. And you're just tired and you're just burnt out. And you're like, man, I, I just don't have the capacity to volunteer any longer. Whatever the reason, maybe you're new to Bethlehem Assembly of God and you've never had an opportunity to volunteer in your life. And, and so I want to talk to you folks for a few moments about volunteering because I want to tell you, that there's some incredible reasons why you should volunteer. What if I told you today that you can live longer? What if I told you that you would have a 22% chance to live longer if you did something? Would you do it? What if I told you that you would be happier? If you do this one thing, you will be happier in your life. Would you do it? What if I told you if you had physical pain in your body and I told you if you did this, you would have less physical pain in your body? What if some of you struggle with depression and I told you that if you did this, you would actually be uh, feeling better and your depression levels would go down? Would you do it? Come on, somebody. What if I told you that you can meet a, a bunch of really wonderful people and you can have a social network so that when you're going through things in your life, you're going to have people that are going to encourage you and bless you. What if I told you that you can meet some incredibly wonderful people? What if I told you that if you did this, when you get to heaven, God's going to say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into all of the blessings that I prepared for you. What if I told you if you did this, you're going to be greatly rewarded by God? Would you do it? I want you to look at 1 Peter. And it's a powerful story or verse of scripture that Peter shows us about doing this one thing. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you, each, everybody say each, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Peter says, use the gift that you've been given to serve other people as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Peter says, we all have a gift. We all have something that God has given us. God gives us talents. He gives us treasures and he gives us time. And he tells us that we're to use our talents, our treasures, are gifts that God gives us to serve other people as faithful stewards. What's a steward? A steward is someone who's been entrusted something for a time period who will ultimately give an account for the thing that he's been given. A steward is someone that's been given something and at the end of their life, or at the end of that time frame, that agreed time frame, they're going to have to give an account for the things that they've done with what they have been given. That's a steward. So Peter says, use your gift. 
the gift that God gave you to serve other people as a faithful steward as you do it in its various forms. What do I mean by that? Well, we know that the body of Christ has a lot of different people, but all those people make up one body. And the truth of the matter is the Bible says that to each person, God has given gifts and abilities so that Christ may be revealed. In other words, God gave every one of us in this room a gift. And when we come together and we use our gifts together, we make up the body of Christ in its various forms. You understand? So, so, so the Bible talks to us a lot about using gifts, a lot about serving. In fact, Jesus talked more about serving than mostly anything else. In fact, he said that if you want to be like him, you have to learn how to be a servant. In fact, right before he dies, Jesus takes his disciples, they have a meal together, and they're thinking for them, to themselves, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? They're like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but Jesus is talking about going on a journey, going away, and who's going to lead the pack? And Peter starts to say, well, you know, I'm going to be the leader. John says, no, 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 I'm going to be. And they start arguing with one another, who's going to be the leader? And Jesus pulls out a towel. He pulls out a wash basin, and he begins to wash their feet. And he says, if you want to be like me, if you want to be greatest in the kingdom of God, then you've got to learn how to serve. He said, in fact, he said, the son of man did not come to be served. He said, but the son of man came to serve. He said, so if you want to be like me, you've got to be a servant. In fact, one time Jesus is walking with his disciples and as they're walking, they see this guy who's handing out fish and bread and, and, and he's serving the people. And the disciples stop him and say, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Where is your Bethlehem Assembly of God membership card? He said, I don't have a membership card. I don't even know about membership. I just, I just know that I'm supposed to be serving other people. And they get mad at the dude. They bring him to Jesus and say, listen, we caught this guy serving. Could you imagine? We caught this guy doing good. Could you imagine? But he, we don't even know what his name is. We don't even know who he belongs to. And Jesus says, listen, if he's not against us, he's for him. Leave him alone and let him keep on serving. I call it the unknown servant. The servant that, that served from his heart. He wasn't doing it to get Jesus' attention. He wasn't doing it to get the disciples' attention. He was just serving. He was caught in the act of doing what he was supposed to be doing. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the benefits of serving. Why? Because did you know that the truth of the matter is, is that if you serve, it really actually will benefit you. The truth is that serving is healthy for you. Listen, Proverbs eleven twenty four says this. One person gives freely. One person gives freely of his time. One person gives freely of his treasures. One person gives freely of his talents, yet that person gains even more. Wow. He says, here's the principle. You give and it'll be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He says, this guy who gives, he doesn't think about getting the credit. He does it for the right reason. He, listen to what it says. It says, one man gives freely. In other words, he gives from his heart. He doesn't give for any other reason, but he just wants to give. And he gives freely. And this one man doesn't realize as he's giving freely, he's actually receiving more than what he's giving. Come on, somebody. Now, on the flip side of that, the Bible says, but another man, he withholds unduly. In other words, he should not withhold that which he's been given because he should recognize that he's a steward. He should recognize he has a responsibility. He should recognize that God gave them those gifts so that, that he could serve other people, but he holds back unduly. He says, that person will come to poverty. Wow. He says, one person gives away and he becomes rich. One person gives of his time, he becomes rich. One person gives of his talent, he becomes rich. One person gives of his treasures, he becomes rich. The other person holds on. He's been given a talent. But in the end of his life, he dies a pauper. He's poor. Why? Because he wasn't rich with what God gave them. And you know, the truth of the matter is, is as, as much as we like Elvis Presley, we love Elvis Presley. You know, as soon as my baby loved me. I mean, that dude was badness, man. God gave 
Elvis Presley a lot of talents and abilities. And in fact, his talents and abilities were found out in the church. He used to sing in an Assemblies of God church when he was discovered. And man, he had so much talent. But no, notice one thing. At the end of his life, he died a poor man. He died, he died a poor man. He was poor relationally. He was poor emotionally. He was poor physically. He was poor spiritually. In fact, he always wanted to get back to those days, but he, he just didn't, he couldn't get back to those days. Why? Because he gave his whole life in taking. He gave his whole life in using his ability to make himself famous, make himself known instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, he died a poor man. But the Bible says when we're, when we're free in our giving of our time, when we're free in volunteering, we'll get something back. What are the benefits of volunteering? This, this afternoon, for a few moments, I want to give you nine quick benefits of volunteering. Number one. Are you ready? Write this down. Number one. The first benefit of volunteering, of serving others, is you will discover so much more about yourself. As you serve other people, you will discover so much about yourself. You will discover things about yourself that you would have never known unless you got out there and served other people. Listen, you will discover your purpose in serving other people. You will discover your mission in serving other people. You will discover your values, your strengths, and your weaknesses. In fact, Jesus actually says that as you serve, God will reveal to you what is the attitude of your heart. Now, here's the truth. The truth is you will never know the attitude of your heart, whether or not you have a servant's heart, until someone treats you like a servant. Come on. <laughs> It's easy to say, I can love. It's easy to say, I can give. It's easy to say, I'm going to do until you are challenged as to why you're doing what you're doing. So Jesus tells us, if somebody asks you to go one mile, you go two miles. He said, and if you really want to be perfect like my heavenly father, he says, when somebody asks for your shirt, give them your cloak. He's saying that's really testing to see whether or not you're doing it for the right reason. See, when you start to serve, you, you are really challenged to see why you do what you do. Well, I'm doing this to get credit from other people. You know, I get a kick. You know, we have, we have Hope Day. Hope Day, for those people that have never been to Bethlehem Assembly of God, is an incredibly large outreach. In fact, we have 22 outreaches on one day. We have served. Listen to me. Check this out. We have served over 75,000 people through Hope Day in the last seven years. 22 sites. So we happen to have a site here in Valley Stream. And I get a kick because everybody gets ramped up to serve. You know, right before Hope Day, I give this, you know, message about everybody's got to serve. And so we get out there and we set up chairs and we give out hot dogs and we take care of people. And I, and I, can't, I can't get over. Sometimes I'm kind of walking around during the event and I see somebody saying to somebody else, you know, a volunteer saying to another volunteer, did you see that girl? I gave a hot dog. She didn't even say thank you. It's the last time I'm serving at this event because that guy, he was so unruly on the line. They didn't say thank you. They actually abused me while they were coming through this thing. Listen to me. Hurt people hurt people. And there are people that come to our events, they're hurting. And listen, here's the bottom line. They're testing to see whether or not you're going to love them anyway. And when you start serving, when you get out of yourself and you begin to serve people, people are going to get, they're going to take advantage of you. You're going to get, you're going to at times get disappointed because people are not going to say thank you. The pastor's not going to say thank you. Nobody else is going to say thank you. But there's somebody in heaven they, that he sees everything you do, every time you do it. And so we do it not for other people. We do it for the Lord. Jesus is saying your heart to serve will be tested. Your Christ-like attitude, your humility, your heart to serve will be tested over and over again by people who are really there to test your motives. Have you ever met a person? Have you ever met a person that tests your motives? Those are the people that are difficult to serve. It's easy to love people that love you back. It's easy to give to people that give to you. That's what I've learned. 
I've learned that I love people that tell me my sermons are great and they give me all this, you know, applaud. And I, I, I love people that, that, that come around me and say, Pastor Steve, we want to bless you. It's easy. I love those people. It's the people that suck you dry. <laughs> the people that don't say thank you. Those are the people that help you the most. Why? Because it reveals to you in your heart why you do what you do. And Jesus says, when you throw a party, invite the people that can't throw you a party. Wow. Wow. Come on, everybody. Say it in the Greek. Wow. Say it in the Hebrew. Wow. Say it in Spanish. Wow. Say it in Jamaica. Wow, man. I love Mother Teresa. She wrote this. This is what Mother Teresa said. Check it out. She said, people are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. She said, if you are kind, people may accuse you of being selfish or having ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy. Oh, you guys pick up fast. Like after I said it a million times. The good you do today... People will often forget tomorrow. Do good. Give the world the best you have. It may never be enough. Give the world the best you have. You see, in the final analysis, it's between you and your God. It was never between you and them. In other words, a true servant serves out of the right motive. And when you volunteer, it really brings up all the stuff in your heart. I often notice that people who have a good heart continue to serve because even when they're beat up, even when they're taken advantage of, they know why they're doing it. They know the reason why they're doing it, and they're not doing it even for themselves. They're doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, you will discover your calling and your purpose in life. I call it the donkey principle. You know, King Saul, he wasn't a bad king in the beginning. He went off and did some really crazy things. But in the beginning, he was a, he was a servant. And the Bible tells us that, that Saul's dad said to King Saul, he's, he's going to be a king. But he tells King Saul, or at that time his son, go find the donkeys. And, and, and Saul could have said, listen, let the servants go find the donkeys. That's not what I do. We got servants for that, Pop. But Saul said, no, 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 I'm going to obey my father in the little thing. And when I obey my father in the little thing, I'm just going to be obedient to that until God shows me whatever else he wants me to do. And the Bible says that Saul went out to find the donkeys. And when he went out to find the donkeys, he bumps into the man of God. And the man of God says, Saul, I anoint you as king. Friend, you will find your purpose in life. When you give yourself away, you begin to serve people. When you begin to serve God, God will show you the next step of where he wants you to go. If you're faithful in the little, he'll give you more. That's what I've learned in my life. I started serving. You see, <clears throat> when I gave my life to Christ, I was 19 years old. And my pastor taught me that I was to love God with all my heart. I was to love other people, love. I was to grow in my faith and I, at faith, and I was to serve other people. And I started serving immediately. I started serving anywhere I could. I started serving with the young people. I started driving the van. I started counseling with the young people. And here's what I learned. As I was serving, as I was serving, God began to show me the talents and the abilities and the gifts that were inside of me. I would have never known that I could teach the word until I started with a group of a small group of teenagers teaching them the word of God. I would have never known that God wanted to use me in so many different ways unless first I got out there and I began to serve. One of the beautiful things about serving is God begins to show you, listen to me, what your purpose is, what your mission is, what your core values are, what your strengths are, and what your weaknesses are. And so for some of you, as you begin to serve in the body of Christ, when you serve in the church, you all of a sudden start to realize, hey, man, I'm, I'm good at administration. Put that on your resume. 
You know, I'm good at teaching. I'm good with kids. You also discover what your passion in life is. I didn't know that I was so passionate about working with young people until I started working with them. And then I said, wow, this is amazing. I love young people. I still love young people to this day. Young people always lighten up my world. Man, I'm telling you what, when I look at a teenager, when I spend time with a teenager, it just makes me so happy that I'm able to pour into their life. I didn't know that until I started volunteering somewhere. So you'll learn so much about yourself when you just simply begin to serve and volunteer somewhere. I want to give you some other reasons why it's so critical to volunteer. Number two, this is so powerful. Benefit number two, serving others will make you a much happier person. Turn to your neighbor right now. I haven't done this in a long time. And tell them you're the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life. And keep that smile on your face. See, Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about. Look at me, look at me, listen to me. Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about when he said this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, the word blessed means happy. He said, you will be more happy if you serve others than if you are served or that you take from other people. Listen to me. There is a statistic that tells us People that volunteer are much happier than people that don't volunteer. Albert Schweitzer said this, the only really happy people are those who have learned how to serve. Listen, according to Stephen G. Post, a professor of preventative medicine at Stony Brook University here in Long Island, the author of The Hidden Gifts of Helping, says this, a part of your brain lights up when you serve other people. Why? Because when you're serving people, you have a chemical that goes off in your body called oxytocin and dopamine that gives you what's called a helper's high. How many of you want to get high in the room today? Come on, let me see your hand. Come on. How many of you want to get high? If you want to get high, you don't need marijuana. All you need to do is start serving people. And listen to me. That's why they call it that's why they call marijuana dope. Why? Because, listen to me, dopamine, there's a chemical that's let off in your body. You don't need to smoke it. You, don't, you need to serve it. Don't smoke it. Serve it. And if you serve it, you're going to get high. Come on, somebody want to be high? The happiest people in the world are people who serve other people. The third reason serving others with the right attitude. No, 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 listen to me. No, 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 listen there can be an adverse effect to serving. If you serve out of the wrong attitude, if you serve out of obligation, if you serve out of fear, if you serve because you feel like you have to do it, you don't get the benefit. The benefit only comes when you have the right attitude. But when you have the right attitude when you serve as a volunteer. Not only you're a happier person, but listen, serving actually reduces stress. Now you might say, Pastor Steve, I've been serving in the church and all I've had is stress since I started serving. Well, number one, it may be because you're on the wrong seat in the wrong bus. You're doing something you were never called to do. You're doing it because you're trying to be somebody else, trying to do what somebody else does. You don't have the grace for that. And if you don't have the grace for that, it's going to stress you out. Some of you, the reason why you're stressed out is because you're doing too much volunteering. That's all you do is volunteer at church. In fact, you volunteer so much at the church, you never go home. You know why you volunteer at your church? Because you don't want to go home. And for some of you, I need to send you home. I don't want to go home. There's a problem there. You see? So I'm not telling you that you should give your whole life in serving, serving, serving without having a balance. You know, everything's about balance. But statistics will tell you that all you have to do is serve two hours a week, 100 hours a year to be able to have these benefits in your life. That's all, two hours a week. Serving will give you some benefits. What's one of the benefits? Reducing stress. When we help other people, our bodies again, listen to me, it lets off a hormone, okay? And that hormone, oxytocin, we talked about it, is a buffer for stress and helps us maintain social trust and tranquility. Along with oxytocin, there's other chemicals that are let off that elevate our mood and take away our stress. 
these drugs tend to push aside negative emotions and reduce our stress level. The Bible, again, knew what it was talking about in Isaiah 53. Look at me, everybody. In Isaiah 53, the Bible says, if you give yourself away and you give to the poor and the needy, he said, if you serve other people, listen to me, he says, your light will break out like the dawn. He said, you will experience the glory of God. You will be healed when you need healing, and God will walk with you wherever you go. How many of you want God to walk with you wherever you go? How many of you want to be healed when you pray for healing? How many of you want God to answer your prayers when you pray? How many want your light to dawn? How many want your light to break out? What is the light he's talking about? He's talking about joy. He's talking about peace. He's talking about the anointing of God. He says when you serve other people, when you give yourself away and bless other people you'll have the glory of God in your life you'll get your answers your prayers answered you'll have the presence of God walking with you and you will see your light dawn and you'll see God break out in your life I don't know about you but I want to volunteer because I want the presence of God and I want to be joyful and I want my stress to be reduced in my life that's powerful the fourth benefit of serving others is you will be physically healthier how many of you want to be physically healthier? How many of you want to be physically? Listen, I mean, just like four of you in this room, like, like, wow. You know, volunteering is like exercising. And how many know that no matter how old you get, you have to exercise? You know, you don't stop exercising when you're in your 50s. In fact, truth is you got to really start exercising a little bit better. You got to work smarter, not harder, right? I, I, I am in my 50s. Come on, tell me. I, no. This, no way. I cannot believe that. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. No. There's no way you're, you're in your 50s. I'm in my 50s. I know, I know, I know. Let me stay in denial. Come on. And it's not just a river in Egypt. Listen, let me stay in denial. But the older I get, the more smarter I need to exercise, but I need to exercise. You know why? Because the older you get, the more you need to keep the blood flowing. The more you need to strengthen the muscles around your bones, or, and the, the more you need to recognize, the older you get, the more you still have to practice certain things like exercise. And friends, you don't stop exercising when you're 80 or even 90. You just change it a little bit, tweak it up, to keep your body healthy. We don't stop volunteering when we get older. I know some people say, well, I volunteered in the church for a long time. I'm old now. I can take a break. I can rest. How many of you, you want to die early? Stop volunteering. Because statistics tell us that if you volunteer, you will actually live a longer life. In fact, statistics tell us that that actually the mortality rate goes down, decreases by 22% if you volunteer. Wow. So you will actually live longer if you volunteer. How many of you want to live longer? Just like three of you. I get it. Not only that, but volunteering can actually, listen to me, give you some relief from physical pain. A study done by Pain Management Nursing reports that on a scale from zero to ten, People's pain ratings dropped from nearly six to under four just simply by attending a volunteer training and also focusing on somebody else's pain. Wow. In other words, helping somebody in their pain. When you help somebody in their pain, you forget about your pain. Wow. <laughs> the Bible is so powerful because the Bible says if you seek God's kingdom first, Everything else you're worried about will be added to you. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that whether it's physical, emotional, spiritually, relational, whatever it is, when I'm in pain, when I begin to focus on other people's pain and help them out, my pain decreases in my life. And so the truth is, it's better for us to volunteer physically. Volunteering actually lowers our blood pressure. Come on, somebody. How many of you want perfect blood pressure? Let me see your hands. Like, yeah, that one lady right there in the front. Listen to this. A study done by Psychology of Aging 
reports those adults over 50 who volunteered for, listen to me, 200 hours a year. That's four hours a week. Listen, in the past, past year, were 40% less likely to have hypertension than non-volunteers. It is believed this is accomplished because of the lower stress and the effect of being active, social, and altruistic. That's amazing. Volunteering can even help with lowering mild depression. A study of alcoholics going through AA, Alcoholic Anonymous, points out that there are those who volunteered to help others and they were, they were twice as likely to stay clean a year later and their depression rates were correspondingly lower as well. Plus, in many cases, mild depression is linked to isolation. Volunteering helps to keep a person in regular contact with other people and to help develop a social support network. That's powerful. Number five, this leads me to the fifth benefit. Volunteering is one of the best ways of getting connected to a group of people and to build strong, long-lasting relationships. Just ask anybody in the church that does it for the right reason. Find a volunteer that volunteers at the cafe. Find a volunteer that volunteers in ushering or greeting. Find a volunteer that teaches Sunday school. Find a volunteer that, that volunteers in, in being a one-group gatherer. Whatever it may be, in the music ministry, whatever it is, and you will always find somebody. Listen to me, look at me, look at me. You will always find somebody that's connected to a group of people. You see, they're volunteering for a purpose they're volunteering. They've got a, a mission to accomplish. And so what does it do? It pulls people together. Yesterday, I was absolutely blown away. I want to tell you why. Because yesterday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, I met a group of people. It ultimately was about 30 to 40 people from Bethlehem Assembly of God who showed up in Rosedale, Queens. You see, we're planting a satellite church in Rosedale. How many of you live near Rosedale? Let me see your hands. Wow, awesome. We're planting a satellite campus in Rosedale. And so we've got a lead team, a missional team. They're actually meeting right now, talking about it, I think, in, in a little while today. And they met me yesterday morning at 8 o'clock, and we gathered together, listen to me, at a public elementary school. Public, I said public elementary school. The principal allowed us to go into that school to serve that school and 30 to 40 of these people got together yesterday and they planted a garden in a public elementary school in the name of Bethlehem Assembly of God. And they sent me pictures of it. And what do you see? People smiling, hugging each other, getting to know one another. It was an amazing thing. You see, when you volunteer, when you get involved, you become a part of a network of people that love other people. God blesses that. It becomes unifying. It becomes synergetic. It becomes powerful. And relationships are built. I want to tell you the story about this one man. It's a great story. This, this man uh, actually had been coming to Bethlehem for, for several years. And he kind of got disconnected from the church. You know, just life did things to him. He's maybe even a little disappointed about things that happened. and Whatever it was. And he kind of pulled away from the church. But he never pulled away from my friendship with him. And so one day we went to the Yankee game. Why? Because there's only one team in the whole entire universe. Okay, let's, let's, let's move on right now, okay? Um, and so we went to the Yankee game. And after the Yankee game, we were driving home. And he was disconnected from the church, didn't have any relationships in the church, really. And I turned to this gentleman and said, hey, would you like to volunteer in the security team at the church? Well, he's a big guy. I mean, he's a big guy. And he said, sure, I'd like to volunteer. And he started volunteering in the security team. I have watched him over the years go deeper in God. I've watched him get mature in the word. And I've watched the relationships being nurtured and built in his life. Why? Because he decided, I'm going to serve. And out of serving, what did God bring to him? A network of brothers who support each other, who love each other, and care about each other. And that all across the board is happening in every ministry at Bethlehem Assembly of God. Why? Because when you volunteer, God blesses you with a network of people who love you and care about you. Amen? Unless you volunteer and you're a grump and a grouch, then they'll stay away from you. But that's another story. 
The sixth benefit, as I move quickly, is that it really boosts your self-esteem. Volunteering helps build a strong safety net for when you're experiencing trying times in your life. With those strong social ties, you're always surrounded by a community that will be willing to help you when things get tough. They're willing to encourage you because every one of us are going to have bad days in our life. But when you have that volunteering social network, people are there to encourage you, put courage back into you again. And it helps you to have a strong, healthy self-image. Why? Because when you give, you feel good, don't you? Come on, somebody. Don't you feel good when you volunteer? It makes you feel good about yourself. Now, listen to me. You don't volunteer to get God to love you. You don't, get, you don't volunteer to get Pastor Steve to love you. You don't volunteer to make yourself feel better. You volunteer to volunteer. But here is one of the greatest benefits. When you do it from your heart, it makes you feel good about yourself. Come on, somebody say amen. You see, in general, when, when you volunteer, you just feel you, you have this real sense of purpose and meaning, and you simply feel good about yourself. Why? Because you're doing what Jesus told you to do. Jesus told you to stop and serve. Jesus told you to stop and bring healing to the broken. Jesus told you to stop and give to the poor, to pray for the needy, to serve the least of these. And when you're busy volunteering and serving, you feel good because you know that that's what Jesus would do. Benefit number seven volunteering sharpens your skills, talents, and abilities. Not only do you discover them, but you're able to explore and experiment all the things that God puts. Nowhere else but in the body of Christ can you find, hopefully, the grace of God to begin to try different things and see where you have passion and ability and talents and strengths and weaknesses, and you are able to explore those weaknesses, which leads me to the next thing. If you're an adult, if you're a parent, how many of you in this room, as the worship team comes right now, how many of you in this room, you would like your children to be giving children? You want them to love, like, thank you, sister. Thank you, right, this, stand up, sister, right here. Stand up, would you please, for me? This is the only lady in the whole entire church that wants their children to be godly and given. <laughs> I'm teasing you. How many of you want your children to care about other Children, let me see your hands. How many of you want your children to serve other people? How many of you want them to have a big, loving heart? Well, you know what? There's a saying that says the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And if we want our children to be servants, if we want our children to be happy, how many of you want your children to live long lives? How many of you want your children to be happy? How many of you want your children to have good blood pressure? How many of you want your children to have good relationships in their life? Well, I just, I just showed you the benefits of volunteering. Let me, let me be a little even more clearer than that. Anybody who doesn't volunteer has to be crazy after looking at these benefits. The benefits of getting involved in serving other people are so outrageously, incredibly attractive that anyone who wouldn't volunteer has to be nuts. But, but... But if you decide, I'm not going to volunteer, think about the ramifications of what your child is watching. On the other hand, if you begin to volunteer, you set such an incredible example for your children so that they can be blessed in their life. Listen to me as I close, as the worship team comes. I have had an incredible journey of being a pastor. I started serving when I was 19 years old. And I actually served in the church for many years before I ever got paid to do anything in the church. And in that time, I learned so much about myself. I learned my purpose, my meaning, my mission in life. But one of the things that I believe has been the greatest reward of all is that my wife and I have taught our children that serving brings joy and happiness and serving other people brings incredible rewards in our life and so we began to serve and I, I remember telling my daughter Janine I have three girls I told you three girls two female grandchildren two female dogs a mother-in-law and a wife that's why I'm on medication and I take a lot of walks just kidding just kidding but but listen look at me look at me I remember when my my daughter Janine was 13 years old I said Janine I'm gonna when you when you turn 13 years old I'm going to take you to Mexico, Puebla, Mexico. 
I'm going to take you on a mission trip where we serve the less fortunate. And I took Janine on a trip. You could start playing. It makes them feel like I'm going to finish. Um, and, 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 I, and I told Janine, I said, Janine, we're going to go to Mexico. I'm going to serve people. And so we went to Mexico and Janine watched her daddy and mom serve people. And I'll never forget what Janine said. Janine said, when I get older, I'm going to be a nurse because we went with a medical team and we were serving alongside of doctors and nurses. And she said, one day I'm going to be a nurse and I'm going to be a missionary nurse and I'm going to travel around the world like we just did and I'm going to help people. She's been in Honduras. She's been in Malaysia. She's been in, she's been all over the world serving for the last three years. She's been serving God as a nurse missionary. Why? Because she saw it modeled. My second daughter, Julia, I told her, Julia, when you turn 13 years old, I'm going to take you to Romania and we're going to serve in Romania. And we served in Romania with children, abandoned children that were left in hospitals. The, the mothers would leave the hospital after they gave birth. And we served in this ministry, Hagar's house, a house, a home for children. My daughter was so moved by that that she said, when I get older, I'm going to work with children. And she became the children's director at Bethlehem Assembly of God. And she has a passion for children. My third daughter, J J Jenna, I took her with me to Jamaica, Yemen. And we served in Jamaica at a children's home in Jamaica. We served in a teen challenge center. And it's, it brings me so much joy. I can't tell you, but I think it brings God even more joy than it brings me. That when I see my daughters respond to a need, they love to serve. And I know that as a result of my example to them, that one day they're going to find a sense of incredible, they already, a sense of satisfaction and purpose and meaning in their life. Because one day, just like me, when I die, when my wife dies, when my kids die, when those that serve die, they're going to hear God say this one thing when we get into heaven. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Jesus, Jesus talks a lot about being accountable as a servant. He tells us that there was a man who was busy his whole life accumulating wealth, his whole life working, whole life working, whole life working, whole life working. At the end of his life, he didn't know it was the end of his life. He thought it was retirement time. He said, man, now I've got so much, I don't need to work anymore. I'm going to take my ease. And the Bible says that God spoke to him that night and said, you fool, don't you know that tonight your life is required of you? And because you have not been rich in serving other people, you're not taking anything with you. You can't take anything with you. I've never seen a person that died with a hearse behind or a U-Haul behind their hearse taking everything with them. You can't take it with you. Jesus said, store up your treasure in heaven. And how do you store up your treasure in heaven? You store up your treasure in heaven by serving God and serving other people. And lastly, Jesus said, there's coming a day of reckoning. Listen to me. Look at me. Remember what I said. Peter said, use your talents, your abilities, everything that you've been given to serve other people as a steward of the grace that God has given you. One day, God's going to make an account of every person in this room, every person that's been given a gift and a talent. All of us have been given a gift and a talent. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 25 that on that day, God is going to separate the sheep from the goats. And, and Jesus is going to say, hey, you sheep, you visited me when I was in prison. And you took care of me when I was sick. And you fed me when I was hungry. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And when I was in need, you served. You served. You served me. And the sheep are going to say, the righteous are going to say, when did we see that you were hungry, Lord? When did we see that you were thirsty, Lord? When did we see that you were in prison, Lord? When did we see that you were naked? When did we see that you needed clothes? When did we see that you needed food? And Jesus would say, when you did it unto the least of these, you were doing it for me. Well done, thy good and faithful steward. Enter into the joys of my kingdom, for your reward is great. And then he's going to separate the sheep from the goats, and, and he's going to say to the goats, goats, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. 
And when I was sick, you didn't visit me. When I was in prison, you didn't minister to me. When I was thirsty for the word of God, you were too busy building your life. And they're going to say, Lord, when? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you in prison? And the Lord would say, when you didn't do it, when you didn't serve the least of these, you didn't do it unto me. Depart from me. I don't know you. Why? Because a true Christian, a true child of God, gives themselves away in serving others. And as a result of that, there are incredible benefits in this world and the world to come. Let's pray together right now. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just we thank you right now, God, as time has eluded us, Lord. God, but I pray for every soul that's in this room, Lord. I pray for every person that came, Lord. God, I pray for our guests today, Lord, our honored guests today, Lord, who came for the baby dedications, Lord. Father, I pray for every person that's watching via live stream today. I pray for everybody that's in the balcony. I pray for everybody that's in the overflow. God, I pray today that you would just touch their hearts, Lord. Let me ask you a question today. If you died right now, do you know for certain that you'd go to heaven? You say, Pastor, I don't know for certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven and I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I don't, I don't know God. I'm not sure that I have a relationship with God. But today, something touched my heart. Something that you said, Pastor Steve, or maybe something that wasn't said, but, but somehow I feel God's presence in this place today. And I, and I know that I need to get right with God today. I know I need to turn my life over to God. I want you with your head bowed and your eye closed today. Everybody in this place, you say, Pastor, pray for me today. I'm not certain if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I want you to raise your hand right now quickly across this place. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Anybody else? You say, Pastor, pray for me right now. Hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. Because I don't want to keep people too long. But we're going to ask what we call them as altar counselors. We're going to ask some counselors to come forward right now. And they're going to have material that they want to give you. Please don't leave. Come and, and get, get some material today. It'll help you. There's a book inside of that packet that they're going to give you. And that book helps you to understand how you can have eternal life. And that book helps you to understand how you could be a follower of Christ, a servant of God. And we, we, we can't give it to you unless you come and get it. So after the service today, listen, after I dismiss everybody, would you just come up and get your free gift today? Just, just come up and, and, and tell somebody, listen, I, I prayed with Pastor Steve a moment ago, and I, I, I'd like that free gift. And they're going to give you a free gift just because you responded. So everybody, bow your heads right now. Let's pray together. If you raised your, your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you say, Pastor Steve, I, I want to surrender my life to God today. I want you to pray this simple prayer. Would you pray this with me right now? Everybody in the room, would you pray this prayer? Lord Jesus... Thank you that you served me by dying on the cross. You shed your blood for my sins. Forgive me today, Lord. Lord, I want to know that I have eternal life. And so I place my hands in your hands, my life in your hands. And Lord, I ask you today that you would touch my heart. I surrender to you, Lord, one day at a time. Help me to grow. Help me to learn. Help me to know you better. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, and everyone said, come on, let's give the Lord a clap offering now. Amen. Now, one last thing before you leave. One last thing before you leave. Now, every sermon, every sermon, listen, has to have a next step. Has to have an app, an application. If there's no application, the sermon gets wasted. You might, you might say, Pastor, what do you mean no sermon is wasted? No, 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 no. The Bible says that if we're not a doer of the word, then we're like a person who looks at himself in the mirror and we forget what it's like. You forget the sermon. You forget what was said. I guarantee you, listen to me, I guarantee you that you will forget what I say unless you take a step right now and you make a decision to do something about what you heard. And I'm going to ask Anthony to come right now. Anthony is our worship leader. He's one of the worships. He's the chief worship leader here today and, and, and always. And he's a wonderful man of God. And he's cute too. 
and he's single. So go, go, go for it, girls. All right. But Anthony, here I am. I want to volunteer. I want to volunteer. And I heard this incredible sermon today. And I want to do something about it. What do I do about it? How can I volunteer at Bethlehem? So how many of you guys downloaded the Bethlehem app? Yeah, okay. Okay, pull out your phone. Pull out your phone. Pull out your phone right now. Come on, pull out your phone. Turn your light on. And let's do like a concert. Yeah. We are the world. Okay, good. Let me see your phones. Let me see your phones. Let me see your phones. All over this place. Come on, in the balcony. I can't see your phones. I can't see your phones. Let me see your phones. I know you got them. Let me see your phones all over this place. Show me your phones. Show me your phones. Show me your phones. Show me your phones. Good, good. Okay, go ahead, Anthony. Okay, the first thing you have to do is click on the Bethlehem app, and then you will see the connect button right there, right on the first page, right when you open it up. Wait a minute, Anthony. I'm going to give you my phone right now because, you know, listen, I'm in my 50s, and sometimes I'm slow with this. So, okay, so I take my phone, Anthony. Okay, and, and what do I do? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I go, I go to the Bethlehem app. What, how do you get on the Bethlehem app? You have to get it. You have to download it from the iTunes store, right? Okay, so, so, so what's the name of the app? Bethlehem what? If you type in Bethlehem Assembly, it should come up right on the iTunes. Okay, Bethlehem Assembly on the iTunes store. So, okay, so we're on this now. I'm going to push the button, right? Okay, here we go. There you go. Oh, I got, I got on. I got on. Okay. All right, and then what do I do next? Okay, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I'm a little slow here. So it says connect what's happening, yeah. grow university, and give, and sermons. Yes. You mean I can watch the sermons again? You, can watch them you mean I can watch myself? Yes. I'm going to watch myself. I bless myself. Come on. All right, all right. So, so I go to the connect. You, go to, you click on connect. Good. Then you get another page. It's, wait, wait, wait. It says new here. new here. So if I'm new here, I find out more find about out more the church, again. right? Okay, and then it says ministries. And then it says, serve. Right there. That's the one I pushed? Let me see what happens. Right. It came up. Yeah, okay, good. It says, sir. Okay, what do you do next? So there's a whole list of ministries on that page that we could use your help with from connections all the way to the Creative Arts team. You just need to click on one of those and put your information in, and then we'll contact you. We'll call you, email. So if I like to work with young people, I can, if I, if I like, if I, if I'm handy with my hands and I want to volunteer to work on the facilities and the campuses, if I want to work at the House of Hope and help with giving out food for the hungry, I could do that. How about if I want to be an usher or a greeter or a security team member, I could do that on the connections one? There you go. Folks, it's as easy as that. Find the place to serve. Get involved. Why? Because if you serve, God will bless you. Don't forget. God has a plan for your life, and it's big. Have a great day in Jesus. We love you guys. Have a great day. Bye.